Hey friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be with you here today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Torn Wells. Make sure you grab a copy of his album, Citizen of Heaven. We are excited today to get to partner with our friends at IJM. You guys know International Justice Mission is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. They work to rescue people out of slavery and sex trafficking and walk with survivors until they're restored and thriving in freedom. And with it being Mother's Day week, I love this story of Helen from Northern Uganda. She's a widow and her entire family was displaced from their homes because of the brutal war in Northern Uganda. And when she returned to her land, their neighbors had claimed their land as their own. She is the matriarch of a large family. She has 161 family members and dependents relying on this land for livelihood. And the neighbors tried to intimidate Helen and her family, attack them, threaten their lives. Well, she bravely went to the authorities, but they didn't listen. And then they got word to IJM and IJM took up her case. And two years later, the people who had been threatening and abusing Helen's family pleaded guilty to their crimes. And today, Helen and her 161 family members are back on their land. They have been able to move home. And because of supporters like you, IJM was able to defend Helen. She's now free to rise above the odds. She sold fish in the local market and saved enough money to start a small restaurant. I think that is so cool. She is one of thousands of people IJM has helped. And all of that because people just like you make that work possible. If you want to join the work of ending the violence that women like Helen face in Uganda and around the world, you can. Just visit IJM.org slash change lives and signed up to send a monthly gift to IJM as a freedom partner. These consistent gifts make it possible for IJM to show up for the children and families. It's quick and simple and freedom partners get regular updates on the impact their gifts are making around the world. That link again is IJM.org slash change lives. Speaking of IJM, you guys know our favorite IJM employee is Eddie Koffeltz and y'all have been so kind about Annie and Eddie keep talking. The new show, the quarantine shows have ended. The new show is called Annie and Eddie Keep Talking. And the next episode comes out tomorrow. So make sure wherever you're listening to this podcast, you've also subscribed to Annie and Eddie Keep Talking. And if you can rate and review, really both shows, ratings and reviews help so much. If you haven't done that for That Sounds Fun yet, it'd be great if you would. And you could do it as well for Annie and Eddie Keep Talking. But that next show will come out tomorrow. So to continue celebrating Mother's Day week, let me also thank you for how kind and loving and vocal you were to Lindsay Wheeler after our show earlier this week with Bottle of Tears. It has been overwhelming, really, how many emails and orders and even gift cards. Like y'all have just gone above and beyond and you always do. You are always so kind and generous and vocally thankful to the guests of this show and It just makes me really proud and grateful. Y'all are very good at being friends to our guests and and to me. And it just means a whole lot to me. So thank you. Thank you so much for how kind you were to Lindsay this week and how kind you've been to all of our guests, the hundreds of them who've come through the show. Y'all are just the best. And today on the show is a new friend for maybe for many of you. You might already know her. Jenny Lesko is a new author. This is her first book, The Fight to flourish. She's a mom. She's a wife to one of our favorite pastors, Levi Lesko. And she is just awesome. I just adore her. And I think you're going to, too. Remember, when I think about Mother's Day shows, it really matters to me that this week we have moms on that I think a lot of you connect with and learn from and love and and can say me too to their story. And Jenny has a story as well, full of joy and grief. And she will tell it to us today. So here is my friend, author of The Fight to Flourish, Jenny Lesko. You know what's great about you, Jenny Lesko, is that you guys are podcasty, recordy people anyway, too. So you know how to have everything set up when it's time to go. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, I personally don't. We have, I mean, Levi does. Our team is incredible and sets me up. So I just have to show up and talk. But honestly, like the other day, I had to try to sync up my my AirPods to my computer. And my 14-year-old was trying to help me. And somehow, it was literally the first time I actually did something like technologically awesome on my own. And I actually (laughs) synced them up myself. But I joke with Levi all the time. I'm like, I don't know how I've gotten this far. Like, I really, I don't know how to, I literally just downloaded Zoom like 
when the pandem- pandemic started. I, yes. like, I don't know a lot. And so it's just really funny, honestly, that I'm even here today. So thanks for because, having me. So you and Levi together pastor Fresh Life and y'all have like satellite campuses everywhere. Yeah, well, we are all across the state of Montana. So part of the humor of God sending us from California to Montana was that he like basically sprinkled like a million people across the whole state of Montana and told us, hey, you should go reach people in Montana. And so when we first started, we just started in a little city called Kalispell, Montana. No one, everyone was like, what's that? Where, where's that? Don't, Don't cows die in Montana? Now, I mean, 13 years later, we're all across the state of Montana and we're in Salt Lake City, Portland, Oregon, and Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And then online too. I mean, every church is online right now, but <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's really like we're just we're honestly every day amazed and in awe of what he's called us to do, but also the team that he's surrounded us with that really yeah. are incredible. And I just I'm my mind is blown as to how God would and could use us. And it's really a beautiful thing. I love a couple of, I love a lot of y'all stories, but one of my part, one of the parts I love that y'all have told me, but I would love for you to tell is that move from California to Montana, because there are so many people listening who a are trying to hear God for themselves and their families or for themselves yeah, and B don't know what to do when it sounds like, could that be God? Like, <laughs> how could that be what he asked for? So will you back up and tell a little bit of that story? Yes, yes. Well, we, Levi and I, we met and got married, backing up a little bit further, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We got married there. A year later, moved to Southern California. And one of this, the kind of secret dreams in our hearts were to move to like LA or New York and plant a church, just start from the beginning. We we both grew up in church. We both were on staff at churches. We just- we Is that loved, how y'all met? Yeah, that's how we met. We met serving okay. in church and youth ministry together. We just love the church. And so part of a, we just thought, well, maybe God might move us to a big city and we could start a church. We just felt like God would, was calling us to to reach a lot of people with the gospel. And so we, when we moved to Southern California, we, were, we felt like we were walking in that dream of we're moving to California. We're going to reach a lot of people. We're going to do what God's called us to do. And so we were there for about two years and Levi was a youth pastor at a church and we led together. We had our first baby there together and we were super comfortable. But then it was almost like God started like stirring up the waters a little bit, kind of agitating um, our surroundings and all of a sudden. And what did that look like? Like, how did you know it was that and not just having a bad day or being unsatisfied? That's so good. That's really good. So uh, the pastor who we actually met under his leadership in Albuquerque and he started the church there, he had moved to California to take over a church. And when he did that, he asked Levi to move and me to move with him and yeah, he, he said Jenny. both. <laughs> Actually, just Levi. Jenny, it was nice of him to let you come along. So I have the same last name and everything now. I know. And so we moved out there. And honestly, we Levi is is a loyal man. Like he, we probably would still be under their leadership if this had if this kind of agitation hadn't ha- happened. So basically, they moved out. We followed. Levi was overseeing youth ministry and creative ministry. And and then back at home in Albuquerque, the pastor who had taken over there left. And so our pastor um, moved back to Albuquerque and we found ourselves, Levi became the interim like teaching pastor. And, but we, but we found ourselves not under our pastor's leadership anymore. And, yeah. um, and then things were just kind of changing in the church. And I think sometimes there's that like natural, like just shift and change and season where you just kind of feel like there's there's a change coming and there's um, like God's just kind of leading you in a different direction. But the hard thing was we didn't really know exactly what that looked like. And we had people in our life like telling us like, you need to start a church here in California. And we just had a lot of different options. We had a, a pastor who we looked up to and admired their leadership and asked Levi, he asked Levi to come work for him. And so we had a lot of options. So yeah, all of a sudden there's other, these other opportunities. It's like, man, this hadn't happened in four years or whatever. And now, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like we went from 
feeling like we're going to, we're going to do this our whole life when uh, who knows what that looks like. But then all of a sudden we had all these options, but man, yeah, you got to listen to that stuff. That's so wise. Yeah. But the craziest option of all was Montana. And we had uh, gone out, we had a friend who lived in California, but had traveled and vacationed in Montana, like his whole life. And he was doing this outreach event there and asked Levi to preach at it. So we went there summer, 2006 experienced Montana for the first time. Honestly, neither of us really knew where Montana was. And, (laughs) and so we got there and it was just beautiful. And then while we were there, this man who invited us said, Hey, you should really think about starting a church in Montana. Like, it seems like there's a real need for just a good Bible teaching, but like the vibe that you guys have, like just, that'd be awesome. And Levi and I were like, we are not moving to Montana. That is so crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Like, that's just crazy. Like, it was almost laughable. Like, when y'all were, like, to go alone together, you're like, we're not doing this, right? <laughs> no, totally. It was like, no, we're so happy where we're at. We're, we we had annual passes to Disneyland, Levi Surf. Yes. Like, we went to the beach. We had malls. Like, it was just so wonderful. We had malls. <laughs> I love that you put Disneyland and malls in the same sentence, Jenny. I don't know if that's Montana or pandemic talking, but I love it either way. No, it's so true. So we, but we couldn't get it out of our heads. And it was the craziest option. And even like people who we loved and trusted in, in our lives, they're like, you're not meant to move to Montana. Like you guys are meant to reach a lot of people and that's just not going to happen in Montana. If you move away, like it's like you're just, you're kind of giving up on what God has you doing. But it was, it was, it was almost like, and here's the thing. Levi even went to an older, wiser pastor and was like, what should I do? And he was like, Levi, since then he's gone to heaven, but he was like, Levi, you can serve God wherever. You could move to Montana and serve God and reach people and he would use you there. You could stay here and plant a church and reach people and he would use you here. You just have to step out in what you think God might be calling you to do. And I think wow. there's such a freedom in that because I think so often we feel like, man, I have to like be on this this narrow road of I have to be following his will perfectly. And if it doesn't feel right, maybe I, maybe I made the wrong decision and maybe I need to step back and do like, but there's, there is a a freedom in the sense of walking in God's will as you're, as you're in his word, as you're in community, Mm. as like, and it's, it's just more, not so much like make sure you make the next perfect step. It's more like, okay, God's laying this out for me. I'm going to take a step. Maybe I, I feel like I'm risking, but that's the whole life of faith that we're called to live is not knowing exactly all the 10 steps that we're going to take, but just the next step and following God for the next step and the next step. And so all yeah, that. Jenny, I, I would love for you to speak to people about like, because what happens if y'all would have gotten there and you would have been, quote, wrong and the yeah. church wouldn't have gone the way you would have and you'd ended up back in Southern California in two years. Yeah. Is that OK? Like, have there been times where you thought God was asking y'all to do a thing and you stepped in and two steps in, you were like, oh, this, we were meant to go left and we went right. Or I I just think y'all, what I love watching about y'all as my friends is that sometimes as y'all are just risky faith people. And there's gotta be times where you went like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Let's keep going. But, but you, is it still, is that okay to risk and not hit it right on? Absolutely. Well, and here's the thing. We, we basically committed when we, when we started off in Montana, we said, well, let's just give God five years and see what happens. Like, let's just commit. Cause I think sometimes, and I I honestly, even in like, we've had friends who've moved away and some like they're gone for like two months and then come back because it's hard, but there's such wisdom in committing, like committing to a year or committing to two years, because then you're like, okay, regardless of how hard it is or how I feel or what's going on, I'm going to commit to to being here for this long and just seeing what God will do. And so we honestly, we were just like, well, let's just see what happens in five years. In five years, Olivia will be five and we can move back to California. She'll go to kindergarten and it'll be like it never happened. But there is so much wisdom in, in committing to a certain amount of time. I think that, that that's really great, but there, but I think it is okay to, to not know and to feel like, to feel that fear and to feel that risk. And I think that that's, I mean, honestly, Levi 
is the, he's the visionary. He's the risk taker. He's the one like blazing the trail and I'm very much with him, but there, like if, if I were left to myself, I would just be, I would, I'd probably still be in California. Like I'm just not so much like risky on my own, but I love, I love, 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 love taking steps of faith and seeing God move. And honestly, moving to Montana, yes, that was hard and that was a risk, but there were people who were our friends who had never even seen Montana before, but they moved up to be a part of what God was doing. And that, in my mind, was like, that required way more faith because we went to Montana twice before ever moving here. And we still weren't entirely sure what the heck we were doing. (laughs) But then we had, then it was like, oh my gosh, this is a big responsibility. People are actually moving here to be a part of a move of God. But yeah they had never even seen it before. And so anyways, I think that you can take a step of faith and sometimes if it's not working, you can move back and 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 kind of go back to where maybe you feel like God's calling you to. I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's so black and white, so yeah. rigid, you know what I mean? Man, I just think that is such good wisdom to go like, okay, you think you hear the Lord, you've checked it out with your people, your mentors, yeah. some voices in your life. Yeah. It matches scripture fine. Yeah. So commit because yes. five years, Jenny is like long enough that like it gets real uncomfortable and <laughs> real comfortable at the same, like five years, you can decide like, man, this is really home for us. Yeah. yeah. And, but you've also gone past that. I, I had a friend who moved away from Nashville and came back, like you said, six months later and was like, it just, it didn't feel right anymore. And we're all like, uh, dude, nothing <laughs> feels good after six months of moving. No. Of course it didn't feel good. Heck no. So there's something about that committing. Now, obviously with marriage, you're committed, blah, blah, blah. I don't mean that. But when you talk about committing to other things like moving or a job or even uh, going to going back to school, how do you know, Jenny, when to persevere through when it gets hard and when to turn around? Well, you know, this is this is a hard thing, because honestly, like when we moved to California initially, we were following the leadership that God had placed over us. And that is one thing that is so important to put yourself under the leadership of someone and really truly seek advice. And and obviously, like you said, like a, a community of people, like a crew of people who will not just tell you what you want to hear, but will tell you the truth and speak life and truth and encouragement over your life. And so I think like when we first moved to California, we were under the leadership of a pastor who we were basically moving over there with, but then moving to Montana, there was just the the shift of like, okay, we're not necessarily following someone up there. We're just, we're just kind of feeling like God might be doing something. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, some of the hardest parts were those initial, like within the, the first six months were the initial, like, what the heck are we doing here? Like we moved uh-huh. from 74 degrees in California to the coldest month of the year, which we didn't even know. Like, it's yeah. so funny because nowadays there's this amazing organization called ARC who will help people plant churches in different cities and be like a, a crew and support. And they're amazing. And we as a church now get to support them as they help church planners around the world. But we didn't have that. And we didn't have like, this is how to plant a church. And this is what you do. And this is how, <laughs> right. you know, like learn the culture of the city that you're in. Like we literally moved without really knowing much at all. And yeah. then realized, oh, January is the coldest month of the year. And um, oh, we need like warm jackets and like right. all this stuff that was just like really as we look back like we just didn't know anything but I mean like Albuquerque to Southern California <laughs> to Montana <laughs> I, can't I know imagine. It's, just, it's just laughable because it's like okay we really didn't know what we were doing but we were just truly felt like God was leading us but yeah but I think there the, the, those months following there were just nights I remember lying in bed and that Wednesday night, because Levi did a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night every single week. He would study oh for a gosh. new message for the weekend and a new message for the for Wednesday. And he taught two messages a week. Yes. Jenny. I know. But you know what? I feel like that was such preparation because he poured his heart into these messages and there would be like on a Wednesday night, five people show up. Oh God. And we'd him. be laying in bed and he'd be like, What are we doing here? Like I just yeah. poured my heart out 
for five people. And, and it was just in those, honestly, those moments that was like, let's just keep fighting. Let's just keep giving. Let's just keep pouring out and let's just see what God does. And I think it is hard though, sometimes because um, there are, there are times where God's calling you back or moving you back to where you started or whatever. And I think that really it, it comes down to just walking with, with the Holy spirit and, and being sensitive to what he might be asking you to do, but it's hard. And I think that's why even the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So knowing yeah. to have those people in your life who you can ask, Hey, what do you see here? Is, am I missing something? Is this right? right? Is this wrong? And not just going to someone, the leader in your life saying, Hey, this is what I've decided. So there you go. But right. more like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. Like, what do you think about this? Can we kind of troubleshoot? What is the good? What are yeah. the pros? And I think that there's so much wisdom in that. I mean, I, when I moved to Nashville, I moved in 2008. Is that about when y'all did too? No. Yeah. 2007. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember there were days where I was like, if if all those people in Atlanta hadn't told me this was right, <laughs> yeah. I would be driving back to Atlanta. But I, but I am not the only one who made this decision. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it was just my life. And the same is true in dating, actually, Jenny, is that true. I will invite two or three people in really early on my side of it, yeah. partly to help guide me and also when it ends, which they all have so far, we'll work on it. But <laughs> when it ends, then they go like, hey, you did this really well and you did that well. And this is where we can improve. Like, it's just having those voices wow. that coach you yes. no matter what. That's so good. It, it's so helpful. So, so helpful. And then, you know, you're not just kind of trying to figure things out on your own. Yes, you have God leading you, but you also have just the wisdom. And, and sometimes you don't go with what with what people say, but you just get yeah. the you get that strength and the wisdom from your crew. Yeah, that's right. When you moved to Montana, how did you as like because you had one daughter when y'all moved? Yeah. And so how did you keep getting mentored as a new mom and as a young wife? Like, did you find new mentors or new women to speak into your life in Montana? Or were you using technology like we all are currently <laughs> to be mentored and and have your life like kind of help someone help lead you? Yeah. Well, we had a pastor's wife in California who um, she would kind of check in on me. But it, even in, in that day, it wasn't, we didn't have iPhones and we didn't have like, right. just so weird to think about, but we didn't, it like, I didn't even have a computer. I mean, no, I had a computer, but I, there wasn't like FaceTime or anything either. Right. No. Uh -uh. And so really it was like, when I moved here, um, I had one friend who drove up with us and basically was here for a little week. And actually that week I found out I was pregnant with our second daughter, Lenya, <laughs> um, oh, wow. right when we moved here. But it was, I mean, honestly, that has been, I think throughout my life, one thing that has been a struggle is is finding people and like looking for people. I think so many times in my life I've waited like, well, I'll kind of wait for people to reach out to me, but actually taking the initiative to kind of reach out. But there was um, this one person here, because we really, we didn't know anybody, but this one person who had lived in Albuquerque and she lived here with her husband and her two kids. And she actually reached out to me like the oh, first, wow. first, I think three weeks that we lived here and we got coffee and she actually became a real sweet friend. And she still is a part of the church today and is still a source of an encouragement and just um, a, a sweet friend in my life. But it, you ha I had to kind of fight for it. But then we had a, a couple who moved out here a month later and um, she has, she's still one of my closest friends and is a part of the church. She actually lives in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. She and her husband lead our campus there, which is very hard to be, apart, but forgive me. How far apart is that? So that is like, are y'all drivable? It's drivable. It's well, everything is so far apart. It's about 10. I think it's about 10 hours. Oh, that is not drivable. <laughs> Jenny, let's go. My word, sister. Well, I've only driven it. I think I've driven it twice, but <laughs> it's drivable. You're right. It's just not that I was the, I didn't know if it was like three hours away or like oh, an airplane away. Yeah. Well, the thing is about Montana, where we're at is like, if we were to fly, there's no like flying from Kalispell to Billings, which is in right. Montana, but eight hours away. Like you have to go right. to Salt Lake City and then to Billings. So like 
it actually. I mean, don't I know? Because we flew on the same plane from Louisiana to Atlanta for y'all to go all the way back across the country. Oh, I felt terrible for you. No, but that's part of like the humor of of God calling us to Montana is it literally takes us forever to get anywhere, but it's just part of the thing. But anyway, so yeah. Okay. So she's in Wyoming now. Yeah. She's in Wyoming now, but initially it was really like, um, fighting for, to, to be vulnerable and to have those people. And I mean, our church went from 14 people, our, our first Sunday to Easter of that year to hundred. And it just, it like, it kept kind of growing, 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 growing. And then the the following year on our birthday, it was like, we were at 380 or something like that. Oh my gosh. And so like, there was just, there was really, there's great growth and there were a lot of people, but even in that, like there wasn't the, the closeness, like I, we were leading people, but even having those, those, that crew, that is actually people who you listen to and you, and you invite closer into your life, like there's, right. there's definitely been that struggle too over the years. Um, I, I love how much you use the word fight, even in your book title, Fight <laughs> to Flourish, yeah. because I think that it's so often, it's this mix in our faith life of a lot of times flourishing looks like letting things be slow and seasonal and letting God grow them as they grow them and as he grows them and that kind of thing. And then also the like, no, there's fight to this too. Yeah. Yeah. And and you talking about that, you even just I just go like, okay, Jenny, tell me why we have to fight. Why can't we just why can't we just let things happen? Yeah, oh, that's so good. Well, in my in my own life, what I've experienced is in order to grow, in order to thrive and to flourish, there has to be there has to be a fight. Like there has mm. to be a sense of urgency and and grit and mental toughness. And, and for me, like I'm, I'm a nine Enneagram. I don't know if. Yes. Oh girl. We love talking Enneagram. (laughs) What's Levi identify as? He's a three. Of course he's a three. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Okay. So a nine and a three, that's a great combo. Yeah. But, um, I feel like naturally I, I'm slow and I'm late to things and I'm laid back and I like, I'm just kind of easygoing, go with the flow for the most part. But I have learned, I've had to learn that there is that, that I have to have a fight in my own heart and in my own mind. And I have to not just let go and let God, which there is that tension because there is that tension of, yeah, there's a season and there's times of waiting and there's times right. of, we should always be waiting on the Lord for what he's speaking to us and his timing and, and his the season that we're in, like that, there's a beauty in that. And that is what happens. But then there's also on the other hand, a fight, a fight forward and a fight um, through. And when you don't feel like it fighting, fighting forward and walking forward. And so I think that's been a big thing for me is whether I feel it or not, how am I fighting? And I, and I believe that this concept is all throughout the Bible, but you see it even in Hebrews where the, um, the author's talking about, running this race and completing um, and finishing the the call that God's had, had for us, but running this race as if you're running to win. And I yeah. think that there's a difference between running, like just running, which I have a love-hate relationship with running. I like it because I feel like I love what it does for my body, but I hate uh-huh. it because of you know, how it feels. But, but there's a difference between just like jogging, running leisurely versus running like Olympic athlete is what he's talking about. Like this Olympic um, mindset of running to win and finishing first. And there's, there's definitely more required in that. I mean, there's, uh, there's training, there's, there's effort, there's energy, there's eating right. There's, there's so much that goes into Olympic athletic training anyways. But what he's talking about is you're running with your, like you're on your toes, you're leaning in, you're wanting to win this thing and completing what God's called you to do with, with grace and with grit. And so I just believe that there's both, there's both. And there's waiting on the Lord and there's allowing the time that he's called us to, to flourish and to grow in his time, blooming in his time. But then there's also the fight in the flourishing, which when you put a seed in the ground, this insignificant little seed in the dirt, the the moment that it, as you water and 
all that stuff, the moment that it, the little tiny first little shoot that comes out of that seed, that's flourishing. That's part of the process, but there's a fight. There's still so much left for this little plant that to even come through the soil, but there's so much depth and strength that happens in those moments because it's the roots going down deep and it's the, the fight and the, the growth that's happening under the soil. But then when it, when it shoots out of the ground, there's still, there's a little shoot, but there's still so much much to go. Yeah. And so it's all part of this process and it's so hard, but it's so beautiful at the same time. That is so good. If I know my friends on the other side of this podcast, they have just paused it to go get something to write down (laughs) to start. They're getting their journals. That is so good. Yeah. Cause I don't know that I've really thought through like when you see the first bloom on a plant, you're aware there's a lot more coming. But in my life, when I see the first bloom, I think we're done. I think we've done it. I've waited as long as I have to wait. Look at there is a shoot. And the Lord's like, Annie, I need to just keep hanging on. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Jenny to tell you about one of our partners, one of my very favorite companies. You know them because we've already had Becca Stevens on the show. But Thistle Farms is one of my very, very favorite social justice enterprises, really, in the world. And they are just incredible. They provide healing housing, and employment for women survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. The way they employ survivors while also funding their mission is by selling beautiful lotions and scrubs, candles, and essential oils that are handmade by the women in their program. Y'all, I love their stuff. Their lotions are incredible. I love their candles. I have multiple of them in my house. Thistle Farms not only creates products that like matter and are doing something incredibly important, they also smell great and they're beautiful. Their products are incredible and the perfect thing to send to mom for Mother's Day. So you can find them at thistlefarms.org. So make sure you go and check that out, thistlefarms.org, as you are looking for gifts for Mother's Day. So go check them out. And now back to the show. Well, I just want to, before we jump into this next part, I want to honor you publicly because you writing a book that involves so much of your story and Linya's story Hmm. means that every interview you do, you get to and have to talk about that story Hmm. and her. Hmm. And that is a huge sacrifice you're making for us to go back into that grief Hmm. and and every time you do an interview to walk back into that grief, even when it's people that you know, like me. So, so thank you for when they send you four, when they sent me four paragraphs about your new book and one of them is all about her. I thought Jenny and Levi have done the hardest of things Mm -hmm. and invited us all into this incredibly personal and devastating loss. So thank you for choosing that this is the right time to write about this. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. And honestly, I think, um, I, I don't know if I ever would have done it, but I think God was laying it out. And I honestly, if it were left to me, I, I wait, I would wait to write a book till I was way older, way grayer, way wiser, you know, and I had time and I didn't have little kids and it just seemed impossible, honestly. And I didn't want to, but, um, one thing I'm so grateful for is obviously how God calls us to do the hard things. And it's not easy, but he doesn't just call you to do the hard things. He graces you for it and he gives you the strength to do it and to do what you don't think you can do. And I also am so thankful for my husband who who really encouraged me and pushed me and and told me that I could when I didn't think I could and when I wanted to quit all those 20 times that I, that I tried Listen. to. <laughs> Only 20 times in a whole book. That's a pretty good record. You'll have to see on your next one if you can only try to quit 20 times. I know. Will you tell us about Linya? Yes, I would love to. And, um, you know, it's interesting because when we when we committed to God five years to being in Montana to see what he would do, um, Lenya basically grew up year by year alongside the church. And she yeah. was, she was born in 2007 and so is fresh life. And, um, and so five years in fresh life was five years and Lenya was five years old. And that year, 2012, we 
I had Clover, who is, is our fourth daughter. She was born in January. And then Lenya went to heaven in December of 2012. And it's just interesting because five years in, definitely could have thrown in the towel and been like, okay, God, we, we, we committed to you to serve you and to give you five years. And, and you took our five-year-old, like what we're just, we're going to throw in the towel and we're going to head out. But, um, but God's just so good. And um, he's so faithful. And I mean, he was, he was moving in our midst. It's, I, I mean, I told you this earlier, but I'm just still so blown away by what he's done and what he's calling us to do. And even just the, the, the signs like this, how we've been able to see like people's lives changed by the gospel and we've seen marriages changed and we've seen um, lives going in one direction. And now they're going a whole different direction, following Jesus and loving him with their lives. And in five years, we were just seeing such growth and such beauty and in the midst of the heartache, but but this this particular year in in 2012, um, we were getting ready for Christmas, and I know for everyone, Christmas is usually crazy and hectic. Um, yeah. Leading a church, we had Christmas parties, and just leading up to our Christmas uh, worship experiences on Christmas Eve, and Levi right. Levi was studying, and we were meeting, and all like all the things. It was just busy. But, and at um, the time you have four kids? Yes. So we had four kids, seven, five, uh, two and a half, and not even one yet. So four oh girls. <laughs> and they're amazing. Annie. I love them so much. But so Lenya, to kind of start off with, she had a lot of allergies. And basically, once I, by the time she was nine months old, we found out that she was had so many allergies, basically allergic to Montana. She was allergic to dust and grass and hay and horses and so many environmental things, but also dairy and soy and wheat and chicken and turkey and random fish. Like, um, so when, so her whole beginning of her life was just the fight to make sure that she was, um, being nourished and was healthy and, and growing. And we, she had a feeding tube put in. Um, and one of the, the sweetest gifts before she went to heaven was that she had started growing out of her allergies. And we were mm. just about to introduce um, peanuts into her diet and we, in her skin throughout her whole beginning of her life was so rashy and rough. And she never had really beautiful baby skin, but she, um, right before she went to heaven, I remember writing it down in a journal and I remember writing down that she, her skin was just so clear and so beautiful. And, and I just consider it such a gift to have been able to see that progress before she went to heaven or she wasn't struggling with any allergies, um, perfectly pure in his presence. And so she had been growing out of allergies, but she still had asthma and it's normal in our family. My husband has asthma. Olivia, our oldest has asthma. You just give them a little treatment. You give them a puff of their inhaler and then they're fine. They can take a little breather and then keep playing and having fun. But this night, Thursday night, Levi and I were, uh, I was wrapping presents and we had a little like stay at home date night, which I would recommend to anyone. I know with kids, it's hard (laughs) to do that, but if you can have someone watch your kids at their house and have it, a, a date night at home. That's just so fun because you can just be free and have yeah. a good time. But like I was saying, that whole week was so busy and full. And and we were anticipating that week. We kept saying, hey, girls, this is so crazy and busy, but we have Friday family day coming up. And it's changed a little bit these days, but back then our day, our family day was Friday. And so we would always kind of lead up to it and write down things we all wanted to do. And we had planned a, a fancy dress up dinner out um, as a family. And Levi was going to take Lenya out to buy Christmas presents for her sisters. And there was just this anticipation because it's hard yeah. sometimes um, when you're going, going, going to kind of justify like, okay, well, it's crazy now, but we're going to have a time together. And one thing I love so much and thankful for my husband is that he works so hard and we work hard as a family, but he also leads us to rest really hard too. And so that's, mm. we were just in Do that. y'all do like a Sabbath? Yeah. And even yeah. more so now than then we have, 
Fridays are our day off where we do like housework stuff. So it's like, we're still working, like we're paying bills and, and doing the yard stuff, but it's homeworking. But then Saturday is a real Sabbath where we just eat whatever, do whatever. Like it's just the real pampering our soul as Levi said once. And so we were anticipating that. And um, so Thursday night we, I leave to, we leave to pick up the kids from my mom's house. And it was such a normal thing. Like we, we always would take the kids to my mom's house. And um, so she could watch them for the night. And we drove up and it's so crazy because Levi looked at me and was like, Jenny, I feel so relaxed right now because that's one of the beautiful things about like doing a date night and then going into family day is like, we're on and then we're ready to, to love yeah. our kids and to be on distraction free for our kids. Um, and so we were just ready and we were ready in the midst of the craziness to just be with our family and to love our yeah. kids and to snuggle. And so we pulled up to my mom's house and I walked in. My mom was trying to give Lenya a treatment because she wasn't breathing very well. And when I walked in, she wasn't taking it. And Lenya looked at me and then passed out on the, the kitchen counter and Levi ran in and he immediately it, it just, he knew exactly what to do. Yeah. CPR, we called 911 and I just started crying out and praying and saying, Lenny, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And just crying out for God to, to, that this would be okay. And so, yeah. um, the paramedics came and took her and then we were told the, the words that you never want to hear that there's nothing more that they could do. And were y'all in the ambulance with her? Levi was in the ambulance with her and my brother drove me separately in the car behind. And I mean, it's, it's winter in Montana. So everything is slower and it took the paramedics slower to come and and all this stuff. But one of the things that I'm so, so thankful for is um, one of the paramedics that night was a believer and we met him about a month later at a restaurant and he and his wife came up to us and um, was just so kind. They paid for our meal, but he said, um, Oh, wow. He said, Levi and Jenny, I was there that night when, um, when Lenya went to heaven. And I just want you to know the moment I came in, I started praying and I, mm. and looking back, I'm just like, God, you're so kind to, right. to have people come in who know who we are and who just start praying right away. Right. But he said, but honestly, we never found a rhythm. We never found a heartbeat to attach to, to resuscitate. And we, and when I walked in, I just knew that God took her and as, as hard as that is to hear, there's so much comfort in that because we realized that as Levi was holding her, um, that she went from her earthly father's arms to her heavenly father's arms. And there was just such a, a sweetness to that. It wasn't like she was on the gurney in the emergency room and that's where she went to heaven. Like there's, there was just a, a sweetness to that, that I'm. I'm thankful for. And honestly, there's so many questions I have. I mean, honestly, there's, I think that she had like a heart condition because there's that runs in the family. And I, I feel like there was something different that happened that night that wasn't mm. just an asthma attack, but I won't know that until heaven. And honestly, right. I probably, if I, when I do find out, it won't even really matter because I'll be face to face with Jesus and I'll be with Lenya again and we'll yeah. be in heaven. So I probably won't matter, but now You'll be like, I had a lot questions. of questions. We'll get back to it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was the night that plunged us into the darkest grief that we, that we ever experienced. And it's so interesting because all of that anticipation and excitement for family day, um, we never got to that day. I mean, we did, but it was a lot different than what we had expected. Now it's like, it's, it's amped up even times a thousand where now our anticipation and our on our toes excitement is for that day that, that we will be with her again and will be in heaven and there will be no more tears and no more grief and no more, no more sorrow and no more pain. And so it's just, uh, it's, it's shifted, but, um, but knowing that there's a, there's coming a day where uh, we will be perfectly pure in his presence. We won't be suffering. We won't be in a pandemic. We won't be hurting. We won't experience these things. We'll be with Jesus. And that's heaven is being with Jesus. But right now in the midst of all this, I believe that God is calling us 
to flourish and to grow and to thrive right where we are. And we don't have to wait to be somewhere else. We don't have to wait to have a certain platform or wait to to be a certain age and actually be wiser and all these things. Like he's calling us to live right now. And that's why Jesus came. He said, I've come so that you may have life, but that you may have it more abundantly and richer than you've ever had it before right now in the midst of the struggle and in the midst of the the hardship and the heartache. Jenny, I, you know, Thank you for telling us. Will you tell me, I have a question about parenting other children through this, but yeah. will you tell me, uh, you know, I love other people's kids. Like my mini BFFs are some of my favorite people. Oh, will I you tell that. me about Linya? Will you tell me what she was like? Yes. Okay. So she second born. I feel like I've seen the, and I've read that there's a second born situation where there's like, yeah. a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm the firstborn of daughters. And so Thank I will you. ask my second born sister when she hears this, if she agrees. Oh my gosh. There, she just had a different fight and sass and just so fun. And we have this video. We actually, if it's on YouTube, but there's a video that we- Oh good. We'll link to it. We, yeah, there's a video we played at her celebration of life and it just perfectly- uh, shows her personality, just dancing all the time, singing, um, asking questions all the time. And it's really sweet because since she went to heaven, we had a little boy and he's our, our fifth and final child. Jenny Lesko, <laughs> that little guy makes me laugh so hard on the internet. Oh my gosh. And I mean, like, he kills me on y'all's Insta stories. I'm like, they did not know what they were signing up for with this kid. No, 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 no. But it's funny because we just see little glimpses, like even his raspy little voice, like her voice was wow. so raspy and yeah. his craziness and randomness and just funny and because they must have had some overlap between the two of them with God, right? I, that's what we and yeah, we've talked about that. We were like, there must have that must have been some kind of exchange. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, I mean she just so funny and so fun. And also my 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 one that just tested the boundaries. And really like Olivia, our oldest Basically, I think it's an oldest thing because I'm I'm an oldest and I feel like I experienced it too. But just kind of like she was obedient and compliant and yep, did what me too. Yeah, did what she was told and maybe had a few timeouts and a few spankings. But Lenya was like every day there was like talking through stuff and discipline and she just pushed pushed the the boundaries and the lines and and so it was hard. But I just think she had that that spunk and that fight. Yeah, she has fight in her. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to be friends with her. It's so (laughs) fun. How do you parent? We've had a couple of parents on that have dealt with loss and I didn't ask this question well before. And then people say to me on the internet, I wish you'd ask, Hmm. how do you parent other children through loss when you yourself are, have lost a child? Like, how did you parent those other three? I know the youngest one probably didn't have as many feelings, but I mean, Olivia was older and what do you do for the kids when you're also grieving so deeply? That is, that's such a good question. And I think that was part of the difficulty, but also the blessing of, of having kids and to parent in the midst of grief, because on the one hand, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm not wanting to get out of bed. I'm like right. I, hard to breathe, but it's like, who else is going to take care of my two and a half year old and my not even one year old who literally depends on me to feed them and, right. and change their diapers. And so on, in that sense, I'm so thankful that there was practically something that kept me like, I, I don't have a choice. Like I can't just stay in bed with the the covers over. Like I have to get up and I have to be mom and I have to be there for them. And I think one of my, one of my strengths is empathy and includer in my Mm. strengths finders thing, which I'm thankful for. But I, but I, I remember feeling that in the very beginning of especially Olivia, because Olivia and Lenya were best friends. And I know Olivia had her own grief and, and struggles. And I mean, she, she told me later that 
that night she was fighting with Lenya and she told Lenya to go play somewhere else. And, and then Lenya went to heaven and she, she carried that for a long time and it didn't come out till a few years later when we were talking, but, but even just that kind of stuff, it's like, how, how do you help a seven-year-old walk through that? And honestly, it was, it was walking through it with her that helped me. And I mean, she's been able to, to talk through and share and and stuff since then, but it's, it's hard, but I think you just have to keep showing up for your kids. And and I had to remember like, okay, Olivia needs me. Olivia Mm -hmm. needs me. She just lost her best friend. She needs me to hold her. She needs me to, to play with her. She needs me to ride bikes with her. She needs like, and I think that that was something that was that, God was reminding me in the midst, like, it's not just me. Yes, I lost my daughter, but it's not just me. My husband is is hurting. My, my kids are hurting. My mom is hurting. Like that kind of stuff where I'm so thankful that God was opening my eyes to see that it's not just about me and to look up a little bit. But but I loved I loved that God was so kind to, to give me to, that I had little ones to take care of. And just to kind of like get my mind, not off it, but just like, okay, I'm just going to stick with my rhythm of making oatmeal for Daisy and bottle for Clover and, you know, just like, okay, I have to get up and I have to do this. Yeah. And I just would imagine, again, I'm not married yet, not a parent yet, but I just would imagine that there is some like, okay, and when I get in the shower, I can be Jenny who's grieving. Yeah. And I can be the woman I've always been that was a kid myself that, you know, that's lost my child. And then there are moments where I just literally have to be the mom here. Yeah. Yeah. The loss, I I would also imagine that there's a, you have to trust God with the grieving of your children. Is that true? Yeah. Because how could you have known what was going on in Olivia? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's so many like regrets and, and things that we wish we would have done, but like we... We didn't do a viewing. We just, it was just Levi and I, and then there was a, a, a couple who were there with us, but we didn't do a viewing with Olivia because we just didn't know like how, how would that, would that be hard for her? And, but later on, she told us but a few years later, she said, I really wish that I would have been able to, to see Lenya because the last time I saw Lenya, she was in the, she was in the, um, getting loaded up in the ambulance and she and so for closure for her, but it's like those kind of things that you just, you have no idea. And there wasn't anyone like telling us like, oh, when, when, when this happened with us, like, this is what we did. Like there wasn't, we didn't have that in the moment. Like we were asking people like, what, what should we do? But they're like, you just need to figure out what you feel like you should do. And it's like those kind of things. It's like, oh man, I just, I wish we would have done that differently, but it's true. It's like, you, you just have to to hold their hand and to, to walk with them. And I don't know, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. And you just, you just hope and pray. I mean, pray and hope that they'll be able to, to grow in it. And, and I mean, we just see in Olivia in particular, just a a wisdom and a sweetness and a, oh gosh, she's just, she's such a special one. But even with Daisy and Clover, like they were two and a half and and almost one and they didn't really know it then, but now as they're growing up, like they're knowing they're now they're realizing it's a, it's like, it's a delayed grief. Like, like now yes. they're realizing who they're missing out on and mm-hmm. they love watching Lenya videos, which I'm so thankful that we have like so many of them, but, but they'll come like Clover will come up to me and say, oh, mom, I just, I just miss Lenya. And I, I wish I could hang out with her. And, and it's just a process and I, it never goes away. And I, I hope that there will always be that aching and that longing because really it's that aching that, that leads us to eternity and remembering that this, this isn't our home and that heaven is our home. But, um, but it really does bring up a lot of that kind of conversation of heaven and, and what's so pretty and I mean, so precious and special is there's such a, I mean, for me growing up, like I, I knew there was a heaven, but it didn't feel like such a real place. It was like, oh, mm. maybe one day. And even then it was like people – in my mind, I was like, oh, it's people sitting in heaven and just singing songs like all the time. And it was like, I don't know if I even want to go there. But now it's yeah. like 
it's it's a, it's it's a real place and for our kids growing up with heaven being so near and it's it's a real place and it's where their sister is so it's like oh yeah of yes. course yeah my sister's in heaven and we're going to see her again soon in Christ and it's like there's just a, a sweet simplicity and I don't know. It's really a, a sweet thing. My dad mentored a young man for a lot of my dad's life. And mm-hmm. and so he was in our lives when I was really little and he died when I was three. Mm-hmm. And I feel that feeling, Jenny, of like, I feel there sometimes I grieve even now, you know, 30 years later <laughs> that I grieve what I remember, but what he didn't get to be for the rest of my life. Yes. Yeah. So I know that feeling of like, what could I barely been? can remember him, yeah. but I can feel the grief of the loss of him. Wow. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a real thing because it's the the grief of what didn't happen, what but what could have been. Okay. So Jenny, it also makes me think that like in in a in a lot of different ways, all of our parents for the last eight weeks, 10 weeks have been parenting through a version of loss with their kids, whether it's not going back to school people they love getting sick from COVID-19, losing their scheduling. And now it's Mother's Day and people have been home with their kids. for. So normally it's like, I want my whole family together. And maybe moms are like, I want everyone not on me for the day. How would you encourage moms that have been parenting in this like incredibly unprecedented time, but also there's a lot of grief around what the last couple of weeks have been like for kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I was listening to a podcast or an interview. I don't even remember at this point, but they I were know. talking about how so many the kids are, are grieving right now, but they, I mean, they don't know it, but they're, they're actually, they're grieving the loss of um, school and their friendships and their teachers and what life was like. And, and it's just uh, so different. So the person on the podcast was just saying for moms just to have a little bit of grace with themselves, but also their kids Mm. and, and not, and for me, what I've learned is to not hold like such a rigid schedule. And maybe for some people, I think for me, like, it's just, I flow better with like, okay, it's, it doesn't have to go exactly like this. I think some people do thrive in like a, a very exact specific schedule, which is great if yeah. that's you. But I think that there can, there does have to be that like kind of letting go a little bit of, of rigidness and schedule and just mm. breathe and have fun and, and, uh, and just have some grace with yourself and with your kids and with your, your spouse, if you're married. And, and so I'm just trying to think what I would tell myself. I know. I'm like, how are y'all surviving? Cause y'all got little Lennox who is a tornado of a human. He is a tornado. In the cutest way. And then you've got Olivia, who's a teenager. I mean, she's taller than you are. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think, right? I feel like in the last picture I saw, she was taller than you. Yes. Well, and I think in this whole, these past four weeks, she's even grown more. So we were the other day, she was like, mom, my line of sight is on, is at your forehead. And I was like, yes, I know. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, that is different too. Cause like for Olivia, so I actually home, have homeschooled the kids, uh, this whole time they're through. Their oh, okay. Olivia just went to eighth grade this year, public school, eighth grade. She's, she's been wanting to. And so we were like, okay, let's, let's get you Let's get you into eighth grade home uh, public school. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And she's been loving it and thriving and I and meeting friends and just really, really thriving in this. And I think she's having a hard time because she, it's been taken away from her. And literally it was sure. her first year going to school. And so she's just been so sweet and in, in being flexible and all this. But I know it's been really hard for her. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been used to homeschooling Daisy and Clover, which is normally very messy and normally very like we get stuff done to the best of our abilities when we can and as we travel or whatever. But Lennox is the one wild card that is just like, I normally have someone, my sister actually will come and just watch him and we call it Lennox, yeah. Lennox duty. And, and literally it's he? like, he's two and a half okay. and, um, he's, he's learning to like play with blocks and he's learning to play with cars, but he only does it for like five to 10 minutes. And then he has to move on to the next thing. So Uh as I'm like trying to work with Daisy and Clover, it's like, 
trying to also manage, like you said, like a little tornado just going through the house. And it's the cutest variety. I hope you know that's a compliment. (laughs) No, I told it's, it's such a good way to describe him, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's so hard. And one of the things that has helped me is trying to get up a little bit earlier than everyone and just Mm. get a get a moment. Or when I'm in the bathroom, just take a moment, take a breather and just, just say, God, I, I can't do this by myself. And I really just need your help. And I need you need your perspective. And even like little thoughts of like, okay, there's going to come a day where all my kids are grown up and I'm going to miss the tornado and I'm going to miss the mess. And I'm going to miss these little ones who bring so much sweetness and crazy and wild. Like how can I just lean into this season and how can I like get the most out of it. But honestly, Annie, that's such a constant conversation in my head of talking mm-hmm. like that because it doesn't come easy to me because easily to me, I get frustrated. I get exasperated. I'm trying to work and handle uh, kids. And I just, if I'm not if, like, I can just easily get so annoyed and irritated. And so it's a constant conversation in my head with me and myself and God of Lord in this moment, help me to be kind and help me to remember that this is a season. And even this, this pandemic shelter in place season, I don't know how long that's going to last, but help me to be the loving, honoring wife that you want me to be. Help me to be the, the kind teacher that I meant to be right now, you know? And so it's just, it's not, it doesn't come easily, but I think. I love that you're talking about prayers like that also mm-hmm. happening, like while you're washing your hands or while you're, <laughs> that it's not like an hour quiet time no, necessarily every day. It's like anyways. when I'm walking from room to room with a <laughs> basket of laundry, I'm praying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, that's the truth. It's, it doesn't, I, I want to have an hour long quiet time and that happens sure. maybe once every two months. But like right now yeah. in my life, it's like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible when I get up, even if it's on my phone for five minutes. And then I'm going to do my best to, I want to go deeper with God. And I want to take advantage of those moments where it's just me and him. But re, the, the reality is it is while I'm washing dishes and while I'm doing laundry and while I'm putting Lennox to bed. And, you know, it's that kind of just Mm -hmm. take take advantage of the time that you have in the moment. Yeah. Um, You know what I would love for us to do? Let's, when we hop over to YouTube, let's talk about if there's a chance people don't have Mother's Day gifts yet. Yes. (laughs) Let's talk about some things that moms would love this year. Obviously my, I mean, every year, Jenny, I don't know if you know, but every year I'm super intentional about the last episode before Mother's Day and the last episode before Father's Day, because I want books that people can hit buy now Aww. and give as gifts for Mother's Day. And so I really want people to give the fight to flourish as a great Mother's Day gift this year. But let's hop over and and we'll do on YouTube okay. what else people should be getting for moms this year. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? I don't I don't think so. You're like, Annie, you asked me 9,000 questions. We no, did it. you're such a good <laughs> question asker. No, it was really great. My so. dad loves when people say that, Jenny. Thank you very much. He's always very <laughs> proud when people say good question. Okay, oh. so the last question you always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. Hmm, okay. Well, I, I mean, I love, one of the things I love to do is uh, spin class. I, it, it is yes. working and it is sweating and it is like horrible, but it's also so fun. Like I just, and it's like a soul cycle vibe where it's like, dancey and you're, there's a beat and it's just a fun workout. So I do, I love that. Obviously right now I'm not going to a class, but I have a Peloton, which is super fun. And okay. Do you love it? So does Joe Saxton. Everyone's talking like, like everybody needs one. Well, okay. The honest truth is I don't love it. I love class better because I love being with people and I'm more social and, but my husband loves it. And because he doesn't want to go to a class and he doesn't want to be with people. He just wants to get the workout. And so that's great for him. But I do love it for the days that I can't go. Or, I mean, honestly, (laughs) I have only done it once in this whole pan. No, no, no. That's not true. Twice. But I should be. I mean, I have no reason to not. But I have. I just Mm -hmm. haven't. So I do. I think it's, it's great. And I think it's fun. And I think it's a great option. But I 
I don't love it as much as. But you love spin class. But yeah, so I do love spin class. But these days, Levi has been so fun, like outfitting our house with fun things to do with our kids just to create space for like family time. So he got a foosball and that has been so fun, a foosball table. And even like seeing our eight and nine-year-old Daisy and Clover, like they kill, like they beat me. Like they're so good. They've got this like (laughs) the spin, the the wrist spin. And then even like Lennox is so funny trying to, I got to post a video of him trying to play. Anyways, just fun family stuff. Like we love bike rides and um, hikes. We hike uh, Glacier National Park, which sounds like, sounds really intense, but there's, we do like the most mild hike that there is. So it's do you, not, do y'all hike in the winter and in the summer? Cause I'm all about summer hiking out there, but winter hiking, <laughs> that's like snow stuff. Now, listen, you know, I've lived in Georgia and Tennessee, so oh I'm not God. your winter weather expert is part of the problem. No. So we have friends who do like the, the crazy winter stuff with their kids. And we oh, wow. just this winter did cross country skiing for the first time. And so that's uh-huh. kind of like hiking because you're basically like walking with skis in the winter. And that was actually really fun, but we haven't done like intense winter hikes. We normally, we, we do it in the summer, but the scary thing that I really have a hard time with is that there are bears. Like they're literally, we have to wear, we have to wear bear spray, which you're lying to me. You have to wear bear spray. Yes. Every time we go on a hike, even if it's a mild one, we have to have bear spray on us because even if you come like go around a turn and there's bear there, like they don't like they don't do well with surprise. So you first of all have to be really loud, but then like you have to carry bear spray. So that is not fun. That does not sound like fun. No, that does not sound fun to me. Next time I'm out there, I'm going to be like, let's go on a hike where there are not bears. That is what I'm going to need. A non-bear hike. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Okay. But I, I support you in everything else except the bears. Thank you. <laughs> terrible. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. I'm Thank really, really grateful for, for y'all. Me. Love you, girl. Friends, I told you, don't you just love her? She's just incredible. What a gift. And what an honest story. As I said in the show, and I'll say again, it takes a ton of courage. Um, from her and from Levi and their family to decide that this is a good and right time to tell this whole story. So I am beyond grateful to Jenny and to Levi and to the way that they lead. And this book, The Fight to Flourish, is so worth it. You guys, make sure you go ahead and order a copy today. Grab a copy now. Give it to your mom from Mother's Day. Hey, speaking of, as I told you, Jenny and I hopped over to YouTube and we continued talking about Mother's Day gifts. If it is Thursday and you're still sorting this out, you need to go watch the video. It's at youtube.com slash Annie F Downs TSF. Like that sounds fun. Annie F Downs TSF is our YouTube channel. Go check that out. And happy Mother's Day to my mom. You're awesome. And to all my friends who are parenting and momming my mini BFFs. Thank you so much for raising great kids. Y'all are amazing. And to all my friends who are not moms, but you are a mothering voice in the life of a classroom or a neighborhood, or a church, or your friends' kids' lives. Happy Mother's Day. You are momming. (laughs) You are a mothering voice, and that really matters. So happy Mother's Day to you as well. Hey, if you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, still in my house. Anywhere you may need me, that is how you can find me. And I think that's it for today, friends. Stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And we'll see you tomorrow over at Annie and Eddie Keep Talking, and we'll see you back here on Monday, oh, y'all, with Pastor Eugene Cho. You ain't ready. You are ready. It's such a good show. I'll see you back here on Monday. Y'all have a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day.